Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. In June of 1998, 25 years ago this month, Carol and Rusty Leonard officially incorporated Ministry Watch to celebrate that occasion and all that God has done to keep Ministry Watch alive and thriving over a quarter century. We have Rusty and Carol on today's podcast to talk about why they decided to found Ministry Watch 25 years ago and to recount some of the successes and trials that they experienced with Ministry Watch over the years. You'll hear from Rusty and Carol in a bit, and they share their biography, so I'll keep my introduction short. But you should know that Rusty is a chartered financial analyst, a CFA, which is one of the financial world's highest and most rigorous designations. He was an analyst and portfolio manager for the legendary investor Sir John Templeton before founding Stewardship Partners, his own investment firm, committed to investing clients' money according to biblical principles. Carol, who has an accounting background, currently serves on the board of Ministry Watch. Rusty rolled off of the board several years ago and now has emeritus status. We had this interview via Zoom last week. Rusty and Carol spoke to me from their home in eastern Pennsylvania. Well, Carol and Rusty, welcome to the program. I've uh, been excited about having this conversation, even though you and I, of course, have the, the three of us have known each other for, golly, it must be close to 30 years now. I don't know how long it's been. but uh, And I know the story, but it's now a great opportunity for other people to hear the story as well. So thanks. Thanks for being on the program. It's nice honor, to be here. Honor to be part of it. Yeah. And, you know, Rusty, uh, Carol, I don't know which one of you wants to take this uh, question first, but uh, I'll just throw it out and you guys can decide for yourselves. Why did you start Ministry Watch in the first place? What was what was going on in your life in the whenever it was mid 90s, late 90s, whenever you decided to found Ministry Watch? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, so the first part of that was that uh, I had a job at a money management company. I was one of the senior executives there. We were making, you know, I was making a, a very tidy sum of money, and therefore we were giving a tidy sum of money away to various Christian ministries. And it occurred to us that, you know, I do an awful lot of work in my job as a uh, portfolio manager, investment manager for my clients, trying to identify the best possible companies that we should invest in. And we don't do anywhere near that much work and trying to identify the best possible ministries to invest in. And of course, those ministries uh, are doing much more important work than the companies uh, that we were investing in from a secular uh, perspective. So we really thought this is still making sense. You know, we really ought to try to bring some balance to that. And I, we we both had skills that were usable in that sense and that she was trained, Carol was trained as an accountant. I'm a C, uh, CFA uh, who knows how to analyze in, income statements and balance sheets and cash flow statements and all that. So we thought, well, we should apply this, you know, and, and try to do a better job and make sure that we're doing the due diligence we're supposed to be doing. Well, we, we started down that road and sent out requests uh, to various ministries we were supporting and got some very interesting answers <laughs> and realized that there was a, a quite a dramatic need for uh, something like Ministry Watch uh, to exist. And then the Lord started also just bringing stuff into our life, kind of, you know, pushing us into this this 
further and further and saying, hey, you really need to do this. Uh, various people who we knew would ask us questions and we'd get into it and, and find out there were some real concerns. And, um, you know, I could go on for a long time. I don't know if Carol wants to add anything to that whole equation, but that was basically uh, the genesis of it. The Lord kind of really put the stamp on it with Ezekiel 38. You might want to talk about 33, excuse 33. me. Ezekiel, Ezekiel and, uh, yes, we it, it, initially, we just thought we should do our due diligence and uh, for us, for us, just for us. And uh, as Rusty said, that was an enlightening uh, experience. And then we, at that time, God had many people that we knew, uh, just, it was all seemed spontaneous. We feel it was really the Lord came to us and knew of different uh, invest, investment things or ministries or all kinds of Christian things that uh, involve some kind of financial analysis. And they were trying to make decisions and they came to us and uh, it was very eye-opening. And then we, uh, one day we're, we're reading Ezekiel 33 and we just felt that if we we weren't looking, we didn't we weren't looking for negative things about any um, ministry or organization. But when we learned of things that were really not right, do we just keep that um, knowledge and that information to ourselves, or did we share? And of course, it was especially uh, these were people that we personally knew. So if we discovered something, we felt obviously that we were going to share it with them, not to uh, you know not to be uh, harmful to the organization, but just to shine light and give proper transparent information. So of course, in Ezekiel 33, when uh, Ezekiel was called to be the watchman on the wall, and um, if some if some uh, danger was coming and he knew about it and he failed. failed and didn't tell the people, give a warning to the people, you know, that was obviously on him. And that was what we kind of felt. So it was not... Um, not something we were looking to do, but it just really seemed evident at that time that God was leading was leading us in that direction. Yeah, we had the skill set to do it. We were called to do it. We had the finances at that time to be able to fund the, this operation. And uh, I think also it's probably worth pointing out that uh, initially it was, uh, you know, it was because some negative things came up. But as we thought it through, you realized, well, if we could make this what I have called the ministry Christian ministry marketplace more effective overall if we can not just point out the bad things but what if we're pointing out the good things too and we help people to take the money that the Lord has given them to build up Christian ministries and steer it redirected redirect it to the good ones and you have like a leveraged effect of blessings on the kingdom as a result of that so uh you know we didn't want to just highlight the bad we want to highlight in fact we want to highlight the good more than we highlight the bad and that's something that you do even to this day and we're very grateful for that also one other thing it was that there were instances where by reason of discussing some of these things that were not done as well as they should be with some of the ministries there were ministries that did change the way they yeah. did things. So yeah. that was a real blessing. Yeah, really and even in the midst of a lot of negativity, it felt like this was a good thing that was happening. So, Well, yeah, and that's happening even today. I mean, some of the things that we do even uh, in the past you know, year or so has resulted in change in organization, changes in leadership, changes. I, I will I will even to this day regularly have conversations with the senior executives saying, how can we raise our ratings? We want to be transparent. We want to be efficient. Um, but, you know, what do we do? And um, so that, I, I would say that uh, that 
aspect of the ministry um, is is uh, still alive and well today, though, of course, we could always be doing better at that. I want to take us back, though, Rusty, to 1998. You, you said that uh, you would, you know, call these ministries and ask for information, primarily financial information, because um, the internet was pretty young in 1998, right? And the goal initially was to take the 500 largest Christian ministers in the country and put their financial statements on a website. Is is that right? Is that accurate? Yeah, well, I mean, there was more to it than that, of course, but yes, generally speaking. And uh, we were very fortunate at that time. The IRS also had just decided that they would publish the Form 990s that Christian ministry, all nonprofits have to file. And so that data suddenly became available to us, whereas before you wouldn't be able to get it very easily. And then, of course, through the ECFA, the regulations for members of the ECFA, which is a self-regulatory body governing Christian ministries, were that uh, ministries had to give their financial statements to anyone who requested them. So those two things allowed us to have the data that we needed to do the analysis and to do the comparisons and kind of you know, steer people in the right direction. And even in spite of that, in spite of the, you know, changes that uh, the IRS started putting uh, financial statements online and having sort of the ECFA's requirement as wind at your back, uh, you said that it was still kind of hard. I mean, a lot of ministries were just not used to getting asked questions. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it was, that's definitely a fair assessment. They were not. And even to this day, I don't think they're as, as used to it as uh, certainly the average public company is. But it has come a long, long way. I mean, there were uh, we had to confront uh, several organizations, some who decided to leave the ECFA rather than give us the information, the financial information that they committed to giving us uh, via their membership in the ECFA. Uh, so the ECFA is to be congratulated on that and that they stood up and said, you have to do it. And then those ministries decided to leave. Well, that's obviously quite a, a warning sign. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, there were, we were, we were a real oddball out there. Uh, you know, this has never happened before. And you expected ministries to be kind of uh, defensive about us. They didn't know who we were, where we were coming from, thought we could do them harm. I think now they can see after 25 years that we're not a harmful institution if you're doing the right thing. Uh, and so uh, that's that's been resolved. But at the time, they didn't know who we were, what we were up to, and they thought we could have been evil, right? So that was a, a real uh, problem. But look, probably the oddest thing to me was the fact that people who benefited from what we were doing also held us at arm's length. They didn't know what to make of us, and they were scared of us. And we're like, we're your friend. We're trying to help you out here, and we're doing it for free. We're putting up all the money ourselves. We're not even asking you for money. We're just giving you the information. Please use it. And there would still be resistance uh, to that. And of course, I, I won't. We don't have time here for all the interesting stories, and I wouldn't want to name names anyway. But uh, it was a it was a challenging time getting it up and running because it was breaking new ground. This had never been done before. Yeah. Well, uh, there were, though, some successes, right? I mean, uh, Senator Charles Grassley launched an investigation into um, six televangelists. Sometimes they're called the Grassley Six. And I interviewed Dr. Gr uh, uh, Senator Grassley. I was not working for Ministry Watch at the time. I was actually working for World Magazine at the time. And he said that it was the media accounts and the public pressure placed by organizations like Ministry Watch that caused him to... Uh, launched that investigation, and Joyce Meyer uh, made some positive changes, even to the point where 
her, her ministry joined the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. So, and, and uh, you, you, Rusty, were featured on the front page of the Wall Street Journal during that era as well. So people were starting to pay attention. Yes, yeah, there was definitely uh, an increase in, in interest. And uh, we were uh, interviewed on 2020. I think that was a big breakthrough that led to the Wall Street Journal front page uh, interview as well. And uh, so, yeah, that it, we, we certainly uh, began to have an impact. Uh, never as much as I would have liked, of course, but uh, it was still moving things in the right direction. And we're very grateful that uh, you've taken over and taken it uh, much, much further. In the beginning, we obviously, as we said, had uh, some resistance. Uh, but it was not, it was just a few years later that we only had the resources to put so many ministries on the website and have people look at them. And uh, we had, what, it was 500? We had like hundreds of uh, people, ministries on a waiting list that by many, then, many you know, hundreds. Yes, many hundreds that wanted then to be put on the website. And we just, didn't have the resources, you know, to immediately put all all of them on, but we then did. And so that was very encouraging. You know, it, it just took a bit of uh, time and for all these things to come to light and for, for them to see that this was a good thing, as you say today, how do you get a better rating and what can they do to improve their uh, what they're doing and their the way they are, uh, appear to the donors? You know? yeah. So it's, it's been good. Well, I think most ministries want to do the right thing, and they saw that the transparency that we were bringing and the uh, ability to compare uh, financial ratios and things like that were something that they could benefit as a ministry. And uh, also, the uh, if they were doing well, obviously, you could draw to them greater resources. So all of a sudden, we went from one end of the spectrum where they were being stiff-armed by people we were trying to help to all of a sudden, uh, there was a little bit more interest and ministries were volunteering to be on our site. Well, Rusty and Carol, we're not going to be able to compress 25 years into 25 minutes, so I'm going to have to skip ahead here. But uh, you mentioned something earlier that uh, I want to sort of follow up on and and ask a follow-up question. You and Carol funded, essentially, Ministry Watch in those early days. It was founded in 1998. Uh, Probably by 2004, 2005, there was a pretty robust staff. Uh, what eight or ten people working on the Ministry Watch staff by then? I think it was even earlier than that. We you know, started in '98 as a small. You know, we spent about a year planning it. Um, Mark Long was the guy who first headed up the ministry and uh, did a great job for us. And uh, and then about a year later, we started you know adding staff. And yeah, we had eight to ten people. Uh, we had a budget that is at that time is a little bit larger than the one you have now. <laughs> and obviously there's been a little inflation between and you know the year 2000 and now so uh yeah we were able to kind of build up a nice staff and try to get things really going and then we had uh some somebody that you introduced us to Warren uh who ended up being a big supporter as well and allowed us to continue that for a number of years before we finally uh kind of ran out of uh, the money to be able to support a larger operation well, yeah, and that's the point that I want to get to, uh, because you know, founded in '98, uh, 2000, you know, sort of 2000 was the Y2K, um, uh, you know, kind of panic, and then 2001, 9/11, and then 2007, 2008, the financial crisis. I mean, eventually, it just got to the point where uh, you guys' capacity to support it single-handedly. Uh, was not realistic anymore, and um, other there was not a wide uh, grassroots donor base. So w- when was it around 2008 or nine that y'all kind of had to lay off the staff and sort of shut the doors? 
Yes, that's probably, well, we didn't shut the doors. The doors were always open. <laughs> so uh, we continued to keep the database up, up to date. I would, you know, do what I could when I could, uh, you know, to try to keep some uh, analysis of the data. But the uh, main objective for a number of years was just keep the ratings and the data up to date so that people could utilize them. And we were able to do that on a very tight budget uh, during that time. Uh, so, yeah, we're grateful that we were able to hang in there and the Lord provided for us and uh, got us through that period until uh, someone else uh, came and decided, hey, you know, you guys really need to take this up a notch back to where you were at one time. Yeah. Well, I want to get to that in just a minute, but let me let me just, again, pause around the 2008-2009 timeframe because, I mean, that must have been a tough decision to make to, um, even though you were able to keep the website alive and keep the data being imported um, on an annual basis, uh, there was, um, it was kind of, did it feel like the death of a dream whenever you had to lay off the staff and kind of scale things back? Mm, maybe I'm too much of an optimist for that, though. <laughs> I don't, well, it, it wasn't fun. It certainly wasn't fun. Go ahead. Yeah, yes, it did. I mean, this had been and it was succeeding and we were making progress. God was seemed to be really using it. So it's always hard when things don't work out. And um, it was, I mean, and obviously uh, we had people that were part of the team and you always hate for, you, you would like it to just keep growing and be a blessing. And uh, that wasn't, it wasn't the case. And um, obviously we were grateful that we were able to maintain it and, uh, and God is, you know, we were grateful that God was faithful through all that. And even though it couldn't be what we wanted at that point, um, yes, it was hard, but. Um, we yeah. felt called to do it as long as we could. We were going to keep the organization alive and hope for better times. And sure enough, those better times did come. Well, they did come, and let's talk about that a little bit. And uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sure how comfortable you are, Rusty, and I'm, uh, uh, and Carol about talking about who the donor is. But, uh, but uh, let's just say that around 2018, um, because you'd been able to keep the website alive, and that there was current information on the website, um, people were using it. And one particular man was using it, and uh, he gave you a call. Describe that phone call and what happened next. Well, <laughs> so uh, first of all, I, I want to preface it by saying that, Warren, you've been with us all along. You were on our original board of directors of Ministry Watch. And uh, so right from the get-go, Warren was part of this organization. And as I mentioned earlier, you steered us to somebody who donated a considerable sum uh, very generously to help the ministry in the early years as well. And uh, Carol and I, uh, you may remember, we had lunch uh, with you in Charlotte on one of our trips to Charlotte. And uh, you mentioned that, you know, if you ever are able to kind of get the funding to get this thing going again, well, you know, I'd be interested in, in you know, helping you do that and get that, you know, taken over and let it. Yeah, yeah. Let me interrupt you, Rusty, and add, I was working at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview at that time, and I was really loving my job in many ways. My perspective, I'm just going to interject this and then let you keep, take the story back over, Rusty, is that I was like, I wasn't looking for a job, but I was thinking if if the only job that I would be willing to leave the Colson Center for would be to take over Ministry Watch, if that were ever possible. So, I mean, I think when we had that conversation, I was like, there's no way that that's ever going to happen, right? But if it did, that would that would be the only way that I would be lured away from the Colson Center. 
And I probably told you the same thing at that lunch, right? Yeah, well, that'd be great. I'd love for that to happen. But Warren, it doesn't seem likely. Right. And, and, and then also that we all remember that conversation and of all the many, many people that we've met through this journey, and there have been many, there would be nobody that we personally would think would be as good in this position as Warren Smith. <laughs> and just with his background and his gifts and his skills. And um, and so that was a memorable conversation, but I don't think any of us at that moment thought, you know, what what God had right around the corner. So. Yeah, literally at that same time, I got an email from somebody and, you know, it was innocuous, um, but I, and I didn't know who this person was. And, um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a busy guy. I have to prioritize things, you know, and, and Ministry Watch was going to go to the bottom of that priority list at that point in time because I had a business that was trying to run in the business to the extent that Ministry Watch was alive. It was because the business was able to generate some money to keep it keep it going. And so that's, you know, I, I didn't respond to this email uh, just asking, you know, a, a general question about Ministry Watch uh, right away. It was another couple of weeks before I got to it. And it turns out that the person who was sending me that email literally right around the same time as we were having lunch talking about all this and saying, no, nah, this, this could never happen. Uh, he was just inheriting a very sizable uh, amount of money and was looking to give some of that money away and was using Ministry Watch to help him do that. He decided to take a look at our own profile, our own ratings and realize, gosh, this little organization that I'm using to help me give this money away and it's helping me so much. They don't have much money at all. Maybe I can help them. And so that was the genesis of how, uh, you know, I finally did contact him. He told me his story and his desire to help us. And he has been a faithful and uh, just blessed blessed our organization in tremendous ways and allowed uh, you to, you know, live out that thing that we thought was not possible, where you come in and take over uh, Ministry Watch and really bring it back and well beyond wherever it was Well before. beyond. Well, I appreciate that good word. Yeah, it was just amazing. And uh, and uh, that donor has been a faithful donor ever since, and he's now on our board. So we're we're super grateful uh, to him, and uh, and I'm super grateful for the opportunity to do what I do. Uh, I, I, I love uh, Ministry Watch. I love our mission, and I love the work that I do on a daily basis. For the most part, I'm sure that like like all of us, we've got aspects of our job that I don't love. But I would say that that uh, there are 99% of what I do I love, and the 1% uh, that I don't love I can easily tolerate. So I'm really grateful for this opportunity. But let, let's kind of uh, like a, as I've said a couple of times already, we're gonna have to we're leaving out so much, Rusty Carroll, you and I. Uh, you guys and I know that how much we're leaving out, but um, um, maybe maybe one day somebody will write the definitive history of Ministry Watch and we'll put all that in. But for now, let's sort of fast forward to the present. Uh, we've we've resurrected the original database, and now we have about a thousand ministries in that data database that represent about thirty eight billion dollars a year in. Uh, annual giving in a, and I think one of the things that the database um, you guys have been maintaining all along. Uh, I don't think I really added a lot of value uh, in some ways to that, other than um, oh, you've done you know, you've done some really important things. Well, we've 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 made some changes and we've expanded it. I think the thing one of the things that I have done is I've I realized what an what an amazing 
uh, asset that database is, and we've we've expanded it from 500 to 1,000 ministries. We've done that in large part because of Stephen DeBerry. I mean, he has just created an architecture uh, that um, that is so robust and um, so flexible. And I'm, you know, I'm I just I think if I contributed anything, it's that I that I realized almost immediately that that asset was underutilized that it was a that it was a you know a dump truck and we were just putting up you know golf clubs in the in the back of it and that we we that that thing could really haul a lot more than just golf clubs and um the other thing but what i think i have done is um uh, is added the journalistic piece of of uh, ministry wide so we're doing a lot more of that and we're excited about that we've now got a podcast of course we're talking on this podcast so we've we've done some expansion we've done so we've had some growth we've um as you and i are talking um we've had our second month in a row with over 300,000 page views on our website we'll probably hit you know somewhere around three or three and a half million page views this year which will be a record for us so let's just stipulate for the record we've made some progress we've had some successes but Rusty and Carol, I want to get y'all's perspective. I, I mean, what's your wildest dreams? I mean, are, are we doing the things that you would have us do? Um, are are there things that you had in that original dream or vision for Ministry Watch 25 years ago that you wish we could still see happen? Okay. Uh, so I would say uh, there's always uh, things that you could, you know, progress from where you're at and uh, or where you or to where you hope you would have been. By this point in time, and uh, it would take me a while to really uh, list all those out. But I would say this: that obviously, an organization does need funding to to expand what it's doing. You have laid down a very firm foundation of which can be a lot of things could be built off of. Um, and one of the main things I think that I would have liked to have seen uh, right from the get go was a greater focus on those ministries that are doing really good work. And not uh, being, you know, always having to deal with the negatives. Unfortunately, the negatives get in the news far more often. But there's so much more positive going on out there that doesn't get um, dealt with. And so I think that's really a function of uh, funding that would allow you to hire the investigative reporters to could go out and talk to these ministries and investigate the positive stuff, not just the negative stuff. And you do that already. But I'd love to see more of it, obviously, because I think the ratio of of uh, positive to negative in the Christian ministry world is probably, you know, nine to one, 10 to one, something like that. And I don't know uh, if those systems are set up right now in such a way as to fully give the positive side of the equation enough, uh, enough airtime. Carol, anything to add to that? Well, I guess I would just say that. Um... Just to have, and you're doing a great job to have more investigative reporting. Uh, and I, I believe that you know Warren, you and the people that you have working with you, uh, I'm just always so impressed with uh, the whole tone of it and the spirit of it. It's just really to help the kingdom of God. It's not to tear anybody down. Um, you know, it's just to be transparent and informative. But I think it's an exciting time because. So much has changed in this past 24 years. I mean, it's just, as you said, back then, the Internet was kind of new. I mean, there was not. And today, it's so encouraging to hear how many people come to the site, how many page views you have, and how many the donor base is growing. And people, I think, today, just in general, uh, across the board, are more uh 
you know, more computer savvy. They're more uh, interested in transparency. Things are more, uh, information is more available now than ever before. So people are used to finding out information to how they can use it. So I think uh, for at this time, it's just a great time to be Ministry Watch. And, uh, you know, I think that a lot of the obstacles that were there in 25 years ago have been, a lot of them have been torn down to some degree. So uh, I just say, keep on, uh, you know, this, the stories that you bring to every, to all of us about what's really going on and the way you're able to not just to delve into, you know, really the, um, you know, the underlying things that are going on is very helpful. Well, I appreciate that encouraging word, Carol, and, and Rusty for you too. You know, I often uh, conclude my uh, interviews with other people by asking this question. Is there anything I'm not smart enough to ask you guys? Anything that you want to say that uh, I just haven't asked you as we sort of try to land this airplane and bring this conversation to a close? Boy, we could go on for an hour there, right? Yeah. <laughs> not that you're not smart enough. You're certainly smart enough to ask him if you had enough time. But uh, no, I think uh, we can probably just leave it at that. I just, you know, obviously we're we're happy with the state of Ministry Watch right now. Your leadership of it's been fantastic. Carol and I were commenting on one of your um an audio solicitation, essentially, that we heard that the tenor of it was absolutely perfect, better than we would have ever put together ourselves. And so that's just such a blessing to be able to transfer from the founders to a new CEO and see that new CEO, you know, take what was there and, and raise it up to a, a new and higher level. So we're thrilled about that. And uh, we just pray that Lord will open many more doors well beyond Warren Smith for the organization, well beyond you know, when we're all gone from this earth, that uh, I'm sure there will still be a need for Ministry Watch. And, uh, and you know, there will always be a need just to get the positive messages out. There, Hopefully, there will someday not be a need for the negative side of the equation. But uh, we look forward to, you know, looking down over all that from, from a high at some point in time and uh, seeing seeing what the Lord does with it. I'm sure the Lord's got much bigger plans than we could ever imagine. Yeah, And that he... Uh... He, we really always have felt that he clearly showed us that this is what we were to do, even if, uh, you know, even if maybe 100 percent of us wasn't yeah, happy about that at that time. But we really have felt always it was the Lord's leading. It really belongs to him. We are even have been more encouraged in the last few years to see how it was kind of on life support. And he provided and he resurrected he provided the the funding and the 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 the, per, the staff. He's he's done it all, so we know we can trust him in the future. And uh, for whatever purposes he chooses to use this, we're uh, we're just grateful that he allowed us to be a part of it. Well, Russ and Carol, I'm grateful to you guys. I'm, I'm grateful for your leadership, your your founding vision, uh, and founding Ministry Watch. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here today. So. God bless you. Thank you. And um, God be the glory. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. amen. Thanks, Warren. That brings to a close my conversation with Carol and Rusty Leonard. You can find out more about Rusty's firm, Stewardship Partners, at stewardshippartners.com. As I mentioned at the top of the program, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary this year, and over the course of the next year, we'll be rolling out more content and interviews that will help highlight our history and our plans for the future. 
If you'd like to help make those plans come true, we'd love to have you as part of our financial team. One of the things that is unique about Ministry Watch is that we are completely donor-supported. We don't take money from the ministries we cover. We don't accept advertising on our website. We don't have one of those obnoxious paywalls. We serve you, the donor, to Christian ministries. We give you the information that you need to help make informed stewardship decisions. Now, if you're one of those donors that's benefited from our work, would you please consider supporting us? It's easy. Just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosell and Jeff McIntosh. We get database, editorial, and technical support from Stephen DeBerry, Kim Roberts, and Casey Suddeth. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, and you've been listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.